Wow. <laughs> We're so behind. Fuck. It's all right. It's, I, I feel like we've got good momentum. We do. You just got to keep up the keep up the, the quarantine pacing. Um, welcome to Terrace House Mafia. I'm Nick. I'm Noelle. And we just watched an episode entitled Friendship Between Men and Women. Is that right? Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds yeah. about Friendship damn right. And, and I, I didn't totally understand why the episode was named that. I kind of, it kind of made sense, but the final conversation is all about that. Right. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, in the meantime, um, this episode is mostly centered around this date. I feel like it's centered around the date between Rio and Hana. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with Hana doing this sort of weird, like, how did she put it? She was like, hey, she says to Ryu, hey, if I win my wrestling championship, can I steal you for a day mm-hmm. and have a full day with you? Um, which at first I was confused by. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I was like, don't you guys already have like a date, a prospective date lined up? But I think she meant like a, like a date. Like a full day versus a grabbing a dinner or whatever. Right. I think that's a good point. Uh, we, we were, there was some speculation going on on our couch about whether or not Hana knew that she was going to win. Okay. Because wrestling is like planned out. Yeah. See, I don't know much about the inner workings of yeah, that. Yeah, maybe I didn't say that out loud. But my thinking during while watching her say that was like, oh, she knows she's going to she win. She probably knew she was going to win. Yeah, which makes it make a lot more sense. Which is kind of cute, like, for her to suggest it. Yeah. Because she, like, knows it's going to happen. Totally. Um, what did you think of that date? I mean, first of all, like, that bathhouse was nasty. <laughs> really? So yeah. they went to, where do they go? What town? <laughs> they went to Hakone, which is like the closest like natural hot spring town mm-hmm. near okay. Tokyo, mm-hmm. which I've been to before. It's really beautiful. There's some nice hot springs there. Beautiful. They did not choose one? They, well, they went to a co-ed one and the co-ed ones just aren't as nice because it's like people bring their kids. And it did like, look like, like uh, Emerald Point. I don't know if that what is. is that? It's a water park in North Carolina. <laughs> it looked like, like a kind gross. of a nasty, like... How what I think of when I think of a water park? Yeah, it was like a like a water park. That's what it was mm. basically. They had slides. Yeah, yeah, it was gross. And it's funny because on paper, when you hear Rio just asked Hana to have their first date at a hot spring together, I like that he chose <clears throat> a hot spring. Yeah, yeah. But on paper, it was like even the peanut gallery was like, "Damn, that's a bold first date." Because mm-hmm. we were all picturing something like I think a little more like- classical and romantic and and sexy as opposed to like two adults hanging out at like what appears to be a kid's park surrounded by only children in every direction yeah Um, but the dude the the picking out a bathing suit scene i know did you love that that was it was sensual it was it was really you know what it was mostly for me really really cute like i love their banter i love their rapport i love watching them like develop these little inside jokes like the tiger growl hand thing that they were doing <laughs> um i just like about, about halfway through that date even though the water park was gross i was thinking um i could it looked I, like a fun date if the rest of this this series is just these two getting to know each other and dating yeah. i'd be pretty much fine with it they look good together too yeah um we didn't talk about it but we we got another Probably the most extended scene of Hana wrestling. Um, I noticed that she was wrestling uh, uh, Konami, who's one of her friends that we saw in a previous episode. Right. Um, totally knew she was going to win then, especially because they're like homies. That's a yeah yeah, yeah that was, she was spitting a written yeah. Um, she did a lot of screaming. You you said during the episode it sounds like she's giving birth. <laughs> That's how I would imagine I would scream if I were to give birth. Mm-hmm. 
I think I just I, I there's one shot where Konami like smashes her leg, right. and I think that's how she got that because she has a, a few bruises after this fight. Right, it's a really physical inevitable for her to not have bruises. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is I I keep noticing these peripheral details about Hana that tell us more about like her oh her God. personality. Yeah. Like, um, I noticed last episode on her laptop, she has like a black pink sticker. Yeah. And then at the beginning of this episode, she was wearing like a long sleeve, like Nicki Minaj Chun-Li shirt. <laughs> so she clearly loves like, a, like, I guess, female hip hop, mm-hmm. like, like, like kind of, and that's that not just female hip hop, that particular type of aggressive. Yeah. Like, how would you describe it? Like, like high energy, like flashy. Yeah. It's the musical equivalent of what Hana's hair is like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. And, and I think that comes into play later in the episode. Yeah. Um, so there, there, so there are two pivotal scenes, right? There's this, the unbreeding scene, which if you had asked me at the time, I would have said was what this episode was about and was going to be the highlight of it. Cause it was so tense. Remember we were like, she's getting, so Hana's sitting on the couch. Her wrestling is done for the season. She's getting her braids undone by oh, Emika. Right. And, I remember I wrote down during the scene, like, I always wonder what's going through their minds when they're this close, especially right. Emika. Mm-hmm. Like, Hana, I think, is, is, I thought, is pretty easy to read. But, like, <laughs> I always wonder, like, Emika, like, what are you thinking about right. as, as they're talking about, wow, Rio smells so good and we're going on a date later. Like, what uh-huh. what is she actually thinking? Oh, what is Emika thinking? When, when Hana is, like... When her and Hana are talking about this guy who they clearly both like. Mm. Like, are they friends? Because this this looks like friend behavior. This braid, unbraiding each other's hair thing. But Can, her facial expression while she's unbraiding is just, like, cringing. Especially as as she's hearing about yeah. Hana asking him to spend the whole day with her. She's like, oh, what? Emiko spent actually the whole episode cringing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually crying. And yeah, I don't. she's having a rough time. Yeah. Um, Hana, like, you'd think that they're really close because she invites her to, like, unbraid her hair. But mm-hmm. I think Hana's just touchy and just open. Like, she's a different friendship personality than other girls might have. Yeah, true. She's very outward about her feelings and stuff. Um, but man, I, extroverted. This, this whole scene where Hana is flanked on her left by Emika undoing her braids and on her right... The guy she can't even, like, keep eye contact with without giggling. Right. Undoing her other braids. It was just, like, you and I during this scene were freaking out. Because it was so rich with subtext. I know. Hana goes on this kind of this tear about, like, she starts calling Emika out about the amount of time she's spending with Ruka. Very purposely in front of Dio. I thought so. Yeah. I actually didn't think Hana had it in her to be that tactical. And she actually does it again um, on their date. Where she's, like... (laughs) <laughs> she's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what's up with them. And I feel like I'm not allowed to ask, but sometimes they'll stay up till 3am tomorrow at, at, at night. And I'll hear Emika sneaking back into our room. And you probably is picking up on this, like conniving kind of interaction between the two girls, like over him. Yeah. Well, he's, it seems he's like stoked. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I do think though that Rio, because he's so traditional and he seems like a very um, kind of, committed loyal just wants like a like a gf and isn't actually he keeps saying over and over that he's not a player and i completely believe him yeah um yeah he likes the dishes done 
But remember when when Hana asks in the in the bathhouse what he thinks of Emika. First he says she's a good conversationalist, and then second he says I do wonder what's up with her and Ruka. Like he was trying to avoid saying what he really feels, which about is that her. he thinks she's cute. Yeah, probably. And he likes texting her. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that Hana's play here is Ru- Ryu would Ryo would not like to hear that this girl is is like this with every guy. He seems right. like the type of dude who would be really bothered by that, and that's why she's playing it up. Is my production. yeah yeah. That's how it's being framed. Mm-hmm. But is that how you really want a guy to like you back just because you were ruling out another girl? Yeah, like shit talking another girl, yeah. like just trying to eliminate her by spreading what seems to be kind of misinformation. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the wrestler in her. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she's just competitive. Um so there's this scene in the girls' room where um Emika kind of says what we were thinking. Which is, hey, I I keep getting lumped in uh, by Hana in, with Ruka. I keep being lumped in with Ruka when I don't have any feelings for him. At first, I thought I kind of did, but I definitely, definitely don't. Yeah. She keeps lumping us in together. And I really liked this. Haruka is like, I don't think Hana was trying to be manipulative. She says like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't think she's that type of girl. Which is like such a, it's so cool to see her <laughs> this empathetic and this trying to diffuse drama. She may even be wrong. She's grown as much as Ruka did. <laughs> True. But I, I mean, I, I think she... She's probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, like I think, I mean, the end of the episode almost seems to confirm it. Because there's yeah. this... Everyone has like a really strong Italian cocktail. Um, they all go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Emika asks Hana to chat in the playroom. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Crazy I, you, shit. Yeah, you describe what, what happens in this scene. I mean, they were basically... Emika was like actually on the verge of tears her voice was like wavering trying to explain that her and ruka have like nothing going on between them yeah and then hana was just unable to understand that a guy and a girl can have a friendship that's what she was saying that she's like i just don't get that and she was also saying over and over if people are interpreting your behavior this way it's your fault right who's whose side are you on in this argument uh i mean honestly logically emika is probably in the right. I think so too. Because you can totally hang out with a guy. Totally. And not not be dating. Yeah, I think I think Hana's reaction here is kind of nuts because it's a crazy she, assumption. This this girl pulls her aside, says, Hey, I'm sorry for like kind of barely one percent not really blowing up at you when I was crying the other day. You were just trying to help. And she's like, Oh, that's it? That's all you wanted to say? Well, no, don't even worry about it. It was nothing. She's like, also, by the way, while you're here, you keep lumping me in with this dude I've been hanging out with. It's just a platonic friendship. We watch movies together and stuff. And I totally thought Han was going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was like that. Because <laughs> that's what she should have. Re- that's how she should have reacted. Right. And instead she goes, well, if you don't want people to think that, then you shouldn't be acting like this. And it's your fault. And you, you need to behave differently. And we can't be blamed for how we think about your actions. And if you don't want people to think about it that way, you should be acting different. Like this it whole. It was crazy. It, it felt like an explosion. Yeah. And like you said. And she was talking over her like every single sentence. Yeah. Like Emmy would try to be like, well, no, it's not. And then before she could even get a thought out, like Hana would dogpile her some more. Yeah. She was like, you shouldn't hang out with him if you don't want me to tell everybody that you guys are like dating. Which is nuts. <laughs> like the appropriate response is, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that I contributed to this. Yeah. This rumor. Pretty crazy. It feel, I mean, this is not the first time this season where we, we thought one way about a girl and then she unleashed on another girl in this downpour of <sighs> emotional <laughs> violence. Poor Ruka though. 
Yeah. How many words did Ruka say this episode? Three? Yeah. Zero? I mean, the past few episodes, he's only said one to three. He's too busy napping on the couch. Yeah. Gaming. Or with... just, I don't know. But I, I miss him. How, so how do you feel about Hana at the midpoint of this episode when they're on the date? And then how do you feel about Hana at the end of this episode? I really am curious to see where the cliffhanger leads. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that, too. I feel like there could be more, though, to it. Like, I don't fully trust Emika, and Re- you I don't think... fully trust Hana. Uh, interesting. You know? I just feel like we came into this episode with Hana being our, our, golden, our golden girl. Right. We just, like, loved her unconditionally, and every time she was on screen, we're like, oh, she's so cute. Look at her now that she, her braids are gone. That's like a cool look. Crazy roller coaster of, like... Completely. The the way that the camera work is being done, the editing is just like yeah. taking us on a fucking roller coaster. Truly. And and like you like you said, the cliffhanger at the end of this episode where without missing a beat, Emika is on the verge of tears, voice yeah. warbling, says, I guess we're just different types of people. Like, I guess we just see the world differently. Felt like other fights we've seen before between girls on this show where she just was like, well, this is unresolved and we hate each other now. Uh, get I- Gets up storm. Oh, sorry. What? Well, I guess Emika is a little bit more genuine in this because she's actually, like, crying. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I, I think, and it's so funny because Hana has always been the girl where we're like, she's so genuine. She's not manipulative. She's not trying to trick anyone else. She's, and it just reversed on us. Where now Emika, the, this has happened before, Emika is the one that we thought was kind of the slightly right. flirty, maybe airheaded, pretty girl. And then we had like the earnest, nice, sweet girl. It, it both of them one eighty. And now Emika, I think, came out of that that conversation looking like the victim, and Hana looks like the intentional uh, puppet master spreading misinfo in the house on purpose and and showing no remorse and no intent to stop. I wonder like how the production schedule is laid out. Like how many episodes do you have to like create a story? Yeah, because this like this event could have happened on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, and how do you? structure because it's i i don't know i would love to know man right? I, I i mean like if you had a few weeks worth of content you could structure each episode in like a crazy way yeah if that makes sense well they i know that they come out weekly but that doesn't necessarily mean that they only have one week's worth of footage when they could have started shooting like two months three months whatever yeah i know they're a few months uh behind it, even as they're being released and then we're a few months behind on top of that um but damn, this what an ending. Yeah. It's so good. And yeah. that, the cliffhanger, just to lay it out in case people are like, they watched this episode months ago because they're way ahead of us. Um, the cliffhanger <laughs> is uh, Emika and Hana are in the playroom. They have this like argument that seems to not get resolved. Emika gets up, storms out. Hana, without missing a beat, picks up her phone, calls somebody. We don't see who. And says, hey, are you still awake? Okay, cool. Sorry to bother you. Can you come in the playroom right now? Thanks. Bye. And Which she's like, is like also psycho behavior. Like immediately it, after this argument, you need to like talk shit. Probably. It felt like the scene in Better Call Saul <laughs> when uh, one of the characters quits their job at a law firm and tries <laughs> to do the right thing by saying, "Like I'm not going to tell my clients ahead of time to take them with me. I'm going to tell my boss that I'm quitting." Tells her boss that she's quitting. The boss is like, "All right, sounds good." And then as soon as she steps out, she hears the boss go. Hey, can you call all of her clients and get them on the phone so we can make sure to keep them? And she just has to run down the hallway to try to keep her clients. Oh my goodness. It's like that. That's what it felt like to me. It was just like this shrewd tactical, I'm going to jump on this grenade and and manipulate the story to my benefit before anyone else can. Yeah. Who do you think she was calling? Either Dio. You have to pick one. You can't say either. You have to 
pick. We're mm. placing bets. I would say Rio. I, yeah, it's Rio. Yeah. It's got to be Rio. Yeah. But but when we were watching it, you said, is it What Ruka? if it's like her mom? <laughs> mom, are you awake? Can you come to the playroom? <laughs> who's the yeah, who's, up and scraps. It's Yamachan. Oh my God. Can you come to the playroom? This this set that the Tina Gallery sits in is actually just a secret closet in the terrace house that we've never seen. Oh my god! That would be the best ending. That's a real Truman Show ending. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Dio is just like along for the ride. Yeah, he's fully oblivious. <laughs> yeah. He he. <laughs> I mean, the best Rio oblivious moment is when Emika's like crying, <laughs> standing up, and giving this weird little Shakespearean performance uh, about how her. She hates not knowing what her career is. And then it cuts to Rio. This is how I remember it. It cuts to Rio and he's just like scrolling through Instagram. And literally. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's really, he's really not there. He's like, la-di-da. And you know, as much as we like to paint him as a dummy though, you pointed out. Oh, well, he's not a dummy. Yeah. He just he, don't care. He's, he's, he's uh, apathetic. Yeah. But you pointed out a few times this episode and I'm starting to see it too. He's really fucking funny. He is funny. Like he, he, on the date, he makes a few jokes he makes a little crack when they get home. Everyone's like, yo, you went to a bathhouse together? Uh, <laughs> and people are asking him like, wow, did you guys, were you in the same bath? He's like, yeah, we were in the same bath. We were completely naked. <laughs> just like these weird little comments that he says just to get a reaction from people. Make me see him as more than just this dumb jock guy that we maybe initially thought he was. He seems like a genuinely chill dude. Yeah. Would love to hang. I like him too. Would love to hang with him the most out of everyone in the house. Really? Do you say. think if I'd asked you that one episode ago, you would have said that, or would you have said Hana? Probably wouldn't. I probably would have said Hana. Now but I'm just scared of Hana. That, that's the thing. Hana is now. Actually, I changed my answer. I would want to hang with Pepe. Really? Yeah. I, that seems achievable. You Som think? I, somehow he seems yeah. the most likely to respond to an Instagram DM <laughs> from you out of anyone on this show. Hmm. I wonder why. There's <laughs> only only one way to find out. Um, well, on that note, thank y'all. So much for watching. And if you have any any questions or things you'd like to discuss, we just recorded these two back to back, just like the Terrace House does. So mm -hmm. by the way, <laughs> speaking of the the fucking peanut gallery, the outfits this time around. I think this is my favorite outfit collection of all episodes of Terrace House. I, I think everybody was bringing it. A there was a bit. lot of good layering going on. We had a big pink sweater from Yamachan. We had this sort of weird leather t-shirt over a cotton long sleeve from the, the little nine-year-old boy <laughs> whose name I don't know. I actually don't remember his name either. He, he, who, Tokui has who, like the Who cutest... talks less, that kid or, or Ruka in the past two episodes? It's hard oh to say. Oh my gosh. In terms of not contributing to the show, they're like neck and neck for That's hilarious. first place. Uh, there's this shirt. The Casba? Crazy leopard print dress. Layered with a turtleneck underneath, which is so cute. That's fire. What? And what, then Tokui's. Yeah, my what's Tokui? It's like a prep school. Like like outfit. vest over. Because at first I thought it was like a block print long sleeve, but it's like. No, it's a vest. It's like a what is that fabric? Tokui is wearing like uh, one of those nice button up to the neck, round collar white dress shirts with a. Maybe like a wool Maybe wool. vest? Like a navy wool vest. It's truly just like the prep school look, but like make it high fashion. And then and then the sort of these these khakis on. Yeah. He does really look like he's going to go to class. Do you think they're wearing their own clothes or do you think Hell that... Hell no. Yeah, they have someone to... They have stylists for sure. The stylists are killing it. The stylists always kind of coordinate them really nicely. 
Do you you <laughs> do we talk about the blue? Oh no! Why are you like? Why is that so funny to you? Because I think you're wrong. What that the stylist coordinated them all wearing blue? Well, now that we're talking about a stylist, I'm starting to see the possibility that you're what? right. But in the previous two episodes, because they record them in batches of two, they were wearing outfits where uh, on the far left. One person had blue socks, and then another person had a blue t-shirt, and then on the far right, there was one with, like, blue pants. It was all, like, the same shade of blue, too. Here we go. It's all the same shade of blue. Uh, I mean, no, because Yamachan's shirt is, like, a light blue. Ever so slightly. I, you think that... <laughs> it seems less crazy now that I'm, <laughs> that I'm looking at it and that we're talking about the fact that they probably have stylists. Because I thought you were saying that they intentionally, the the, the hosts intentionally were like, I'm going to wear blue socks. You need to wear blue pants. Oh. And Yama needs to wear a blue shirt. But you're saying the stylist did No, it. the stylist, they def 100% they have a stylist. They should have put all of these garments on one person. The blue shirt, the blue pants, <laughs> in the blue shirt, the blue pants, and the blue socks. That'd and then be... the two grays like blend in with the couch. Yeah. Which is fitting because this dude blends in to the, <laughs> the, the, the peanut gallery. I think he's like a very popular like Japanese boy. He he has a lot on Ruka in that regard. He's a, he's a young, handsome guy who never says anything. He's and chill, is popular though. for no reason. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's also one of those people who, when he does speak, he usually has something to yeah, contribute. Yeah, he doesn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> I don't want to be too hard on this guy whose name we don't know because he never talks. He probably brings a lot of like young girl viewers. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because he, I feel like the, the actual, uh, the actual voice of the youth on this panel. Mm-hmm. Is Tori-chan? Tori-chan, for sure. Because she's like the, she's the youngest person on the panel who actually speaks. But I mean, like, he definitely has fangirls that I watch bet. the show just to like just see to the watch glimpses him, of him. Watch him not talk. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's why they kept him. Huh. I don't know. Weird. All I know is I want to know who Hana called on the phone. Yeah. And I want to see what that conversation is. It's You know it's going to be like the pre-title screen segment on the next episode. Yeah. I'm so pumped. I, I cannot wait. All I know is that our living room is going to look exactly like their room. Oh, for sure. In like two months. Get these plants going. Get a record player. Have a nice big guitar hanging behind us that we never use. <laughs> Some books. I like how they're all sitting on the ground, too. Mm-hmm. We need a rug. We, we, we need really a, need a rug. We need to source this coffee table. That coffee table is amazing. If you guys know where the Terrace House coffee table is from, please let us know. Unless it's like $800, in it which case, yeah, is. fuck that, never mind. If you know where we can get like an Ikea version of this coffee table. At Ikea? That's a good point. <laughs> if you, a cheap version is what I mean. Um, but yeah, we'll be isolating ourselves yeah, in if, watching if episodes. We're gonna be, we're gonna be binging, binging and purging Terrace House episodes. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, tweet, tweet us. Yeah, send us tweets at Terrace House Pod, and go to iTunes and give us a review of our podcast, please. Please. We're begging you. Please. Uh, bye.